0: This is the City of Refuge, Thomaston, Georgia, Sunday morning podcast. The following is a live recorded sermon by Pastor Jeff Deal. Alright, so we got some ground to cover this morning and I'm going to try to run through it as quickly as I can um, and and still stick to what needs to be dealt with. But first, before we kind of kick off on this, uh, Mason and I... He's been working with me a little bit on the phone this week or the past couple of weeks trying to to work out all the details of what I wanted to, to get up here on the TV. Um, and we, we came up with something here. Mesa put up a picture. Let's have a little fun moment. I wish that was bigger, but it's not. See these two crazy guys up here? That one on the far left is not an okay person. The one in the middles he's a little funny too, and then the one over there to the far other side, that's Mason's older brother. Um, to kind of backlog the story on that a little bit, I became friends with Mason's older brother, which was younger than me. He was going through a rocky time in life, so I, my suggestion was quit crying let me show you how to be a bad guy. You know, we'll go have fun. And then, so he turned into a bad guy, and Mason was a little fella back then, and he grew up under our influence, and he kind of got sidetracked in life. But so now, today, uh, today I'm up here speaking to you guys, and he, Mason, is in the back back there where the magic happens. And, uh, you know, that is because of you guys' obedience, and, and God did the rest of the work and we can't be more grateful for the love that y'all showed us and the opportunity uh that city of refuge has provided for the two of us um so i just kind of wanted to put that up there as a as a thank you and we love you guys and we really appreciate everything that that you poured out to us so uh let's see what do my little notes say okay let's talk about what we're going to talk about this morning Sometimes I get things wrong. You okay, Sherry? I know you weren't ready for that, was you? Yeah, so sometimes I get some things wrong, and that's going to be really the basis of this morning's topic. I even thought it fitting to wear the core shirt this morning that says own it, uh, because a lot of times that's what I wind up doing, is having to own it because I get things wrong. I get things wrong all the time. Some things I should know better, and I still get them wrong. It complicates my life. I don't appreciate it, but at the end of the day, it's always me doing it to me. Um, So I get a lot of things wrong. A week or so ago, I don't know, a little while back, Miss Faye had a a sink. Her water was leaking, and she sent out a message um, to a couple of us guys and I had the opportunity i really wanted to spend those moments with my two sons and the three of us with miss faye anyway so so i huddled them up real quick and we got over there and we worked on the sink and and we sat there for about 40 minutes or so talking and fellowshipping and looked at everything before we left and i think by that evening, or maybe the next morning, Ms. Fay was posting another picture about how the sink was leaking again. But that's not what's so funny. What's so funny is, like, when we left, I was just putting all kind of text up there. I mean, just, you know, the time strikes again. Uh, one of those little picture things, where a plumber was under there with a ratchet. Man, I was just all about myself. And I didn't fix the problem. And so Benny came behind me, and he got it straightened out. Thank you, Benny, by the way. Um, and while we're talking about Benny, he this past week or so, he replaced these two wing doors right here, exterior doors. Um, and that's pretty tough work. He's been in the background getting a lot of things done for us, and we really appreciate that, you know, some of the work that nobody wants to do. All right, so we've established I get some things wrong, Um, and so when we launch into this, I I like to talk about myself because that's kind of the one thing that I know about, and really I'm, I'm not a preacher by any means, and if any kind of level of speaker, it would just fall in because I have to, you know, my life and the things that God's done in it, I'm required to give my testimony, but that would be repetitive for you guys so what i got to bring you on an update if you would to kind of where i've been been going through the things going on in my life and uh where i need to own it if you would so i don't know how many of you the last time i spoke wasn't too long ago but for those of you wasn't here we're going to do a quick recap i spoke about some things there's as far as how i operate there's a lot of city of refuge in me there's a lot of mighty man in me and, and so I really get blessed with two two sources of, of spiritual love and understanding. But a principle that we use at Mighty Man a lot of times is the understanding that everybody in society, every human being everywhere you go, it's a natural tendency that we, we throw our hope rope and we latch it to something. Everybody has to have hope. Um, and so they latch their hope rope to Hollywood, whatever it may be, but that's our job is to intervene and give people the right kind of hope. We're supposed to be what they want to attach their hope rope to. And so my word of the year this year was very, very difficult for me. Um, I didn't like the way it sounded from the get-go, but you get your word and you go through it. And the word of the year that I had gotten for this year, and I'm really ready for January to come around, to tell you the truth, was uh, selfishness. And, and that, I thought that was an odd word, and it complicate things. Every word I've ever had previous years turned out to be something different by the end of the year. But it turns out that selfishness is just selfishness. And so that led me to talk about last time as far as giving out the hope rope, reaching out. This is what the body of Christ is supposed to be doing. And we have a phrase at Mighty Man that we throw around a lot that that we have a, a love problem in the world. We don't have a sin problem. We have a love problem. And that gets pretty deep if you want to look into it, which we're going to do for a second here. Um... So if we're out to give, to shine a light to the world and be their hope, then the, the qualifications for that is, is to be able to pray for people. And, and so the Bible says the prayers of a righteous man of much. And if the Bible says it, that, that means it's true, right? So where does it get in life? Where do we get in our faith and our walk in Christianity where we're keeping inventory of our own moral sins? Because there is not that we're at this point or at some point directly focused on our ticket to heaven, but when are we concerned about the sins in our life because it may or may not affect our prayer relationship on somebody else's life that we meet tomorrow? When is our sin level worked out that we're prepared to speak on God's behalf at any given time because of righteous man's prayers? It moves the hand of God. The Bible says so. That means it is so. So we dug into that for a while and and started getting into it. And I found myself wondering, well, you know, uh, I still have, like, more sin in my life than I want in my life. I think I, I'm a pretty good guy for the most part, but there's just things. And so the more we dug into that, the more I looked into it. The best fix that the Holy Spirit or Scripture could give to me was to exercise grace in my life abundantly. If I ever saw grace or a chance to be nice to somebody when I didn't have to be, we teach that. Pastor Jeff teaches that a lot. But the more grace that that I pour out, inadvertently the side effect is somehow my sin level goes down in my life. So that was the recap of the last message, was about focusing on faith, getting our sin level down, and being appropriate to have effective prayers for whoever God sends in our path so that we can give them a hope rope, which is our job. So this week is kind of a off from there to here and all the extra trauma that I put myself through. But I want to start off with scripture because that was most certainly what has has brought me through this little mess that I caught myself up in. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And he was in the beginning with God, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life that was the light of men, and the light shineth in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. That's a lot. That's a lot. Let's not forget this, but let's move on to my situation. I have a new dog, y'all. I don't want a new dog i really you know want the dogs that i have to phase out and that just be no more an issue in my life sherry's shaking her head no but that's that's the plan but now i have another dog because the situation came about that i ran into a couple they're not married but a couple we'll just call them uh what john and jane doe for this morning and he was looking to to find some help to get some help and their particular situation was as they had a tent out in the woods behind uh, a friend's house and that was the extent of everything they had and really the friends didn't want him on that property and so in order to to get him down to mighty man and get her situated somewhere there was the dog issue he loves this dog and it is a pretty good dog i'll give him that but uh he loves this animal and so there there would be that would be a hindrance it would stop him from going to get the help that he needs it was a roadblock and i prayed and i searched avenues and i called friends and i tried to make it work out and it didn't work out the fact is the only way to make this process move forward is for me to take this dog home. And so I did. I took the dog home. I got him at Mighty Man. That allowed her to to buy a few more days in the temp property homeless scenario that she was in. And so then the next issue was to deal with her situation. And and so I, I dove in and started working on that and called Pastor Jeff up and said, Hey, Pastor Jeff, would you call Atlanta and see, you know, maybe if they could get a bed opened up you know, on the E. village side. Because, you know, look, this chick is not into drugs or whatever. She's just following this man. I, I don't know, I can't get it, I don't understand it, but nevertheless, it was a situation that was in front of me. And so Pastor, Pastor Jeff was more or less was like, what you call him, you know, you call him. And so I did, and I called, and, and the reception on the phone call was warm and wonderful and positive. And we had worked that avenue out, and we had an appointment, and so the appointment was wink, wink, really just show up and everything else is taken care of. She's in. So' time's rolling by and and you know, as usual, the light comes out, and he's got some criminal issues going on, got some warrants and and these type things and and so i you know I call them, say, "Hey, I got this guy, he's with us. can work it out and and they were really lenient on that so they're they're very lenient a lot of times um I, and I'm not sure why that because it's so hard. my man' such a, a tough curriculum that they're rolling the dice that they're going to get their hands on them anyway, right? And so worked all this out. And, and and look, guys, that's really my job. Is I'm a negotiator, right? I'm negotiating with people to make right decisions. I'm negotiating to get them a bed to sleep in. I'm negotiating their legal situations, family situations. You know, that that's that's what I do. It's like you know. I'm, I'm running around on the stock exchange floor. I, I'm, I'm, I'm negotiating. It. So the, what's at stake are people's eternity, their fates. There's a lot. they are children. So that's what I do, and I, and I pour a lot into it. And all these things were set up, and it was just a good, good thing. It was beautiful. But then Mr. John Doe starts cracking down at the Mighty Man program. It's tough. I don't know why, but I tell everybody this is tough, and they get there and say, hey, this is tough. I know. Well, so he starts breaking down, and I have been in communication with the young lady, and I was under full understanding that if he left the program, she would leave what was available to her to follow him. Fully understood that. And so it got to the point that the negotiations broke down with him, and he was just flat out going to leave. And I said, well, okay, let's talk about this young lady now. She's going to follow you if you leave the opportunity open. She's going to. She's gonna follow you. She's made that clear, and and I talked to him and I showed him the resources that were available. And yet and still, that wasn't good enough. Mason, can we pull up the what I would call good pictures? Let's just kind of flick through them. They speak for themselves, I believe. This is what was available: hair salon. There's a boutique. There's just all these things. They would graduate them out of a program. You get The ladies get educated if they need it, if they have legal issues, medical issues. It's just a, a full circle thing. Uh, there's a name for it. Whatever. They get all their needs provided. This was available for her. Now, the alternative was show the bad pictures. This is real life, y'all. This is real life. This is what she followed him into. Just keep rolling through, Mason. You guys see this stuff? That's the life she traded out. She traded that out because he wasn't unselfish enough to put a barrier in between what she could have and what he drug her to. Unbelievable. Let's just, I don't even want to see it anymore. So let's just be frank and honest this morning. I'm talking about I gotta own it and, and I'm talking about I get things wrong. That made me mad. That really upset Anton. It broke my heart. Do you understand? And I was furious. All these things have worked out so beautiful yet still this is how it worked out there was nothing i could do about it and i stayed mad i stayed mad until i was in a something of a of a dangerous place y'all remember pastor jeff saying like you don't that merry-go-round in the playground if you're on the outer edge get flung off but if you can stay to the base of it, you get centered up. Well, I got flung off the merry-go-round, y'all. My temper flung me off, and I hit my back on the monkey bar thing. I was just in bad shape. I mean, to the f- point where I don't even know how effective I was being and what I'm supposed to be doing. Um, so. Of course, I'm aware that I'm here. The situation didn't work out. I'm mad. The light shined in the world, but the darkness didn't understand it. And, and it just, things were not going the way I, I thought they should. So I had to pull back. I had to say, okay, Anton, you're out of control, buddy. Um, we need to get down with scripture and we need to get down to prayer. We got to figure out what's going on, we got to get reconnected. So I landed in the book of Luke, chapter 10, because if if our job, because I'm this is my testimony, y'all, I'm trying to tell you how my brain was working through all this this process here. If I if if the biggest thing we are to do is to love God with all our hearts, soul, and mind, and to love our neighbors as ourselves, then how did this go so wrong? Because I did all that. I didn't think it was particularly fair. So chapter 10 in Luke is, uh, where are we at, Mason? Chapter 10 in Luke is really, when I revisited Luke, there's a lot there that I'd never seen before. You know, Jesus really has an epiphany, and, and, you know, the guys he sends out comes back, and it's as if, he's celebrating in a way that like he's finally gotten confirmation that from the father that he can give away what he's got on spiritual terms and and so that gets a little crazy and deep i haven't time to dig into that quite yet but what i want to look at is so of course we know the the story of the good samaritan but so when jesus is in this really great mood of this revelation that he's having you know, he, he's talking to the 72, I think it was, and then he turns around a little sideways, and he has a little word for the, the closest, the 12 right there. But still, everybody in this group is is group church people. They're, they're his following. Because every time I read this before, I kind of looked at it as like, this guy's just a troublemaker on the sidelines, but that's not really how it reads. So it's starting here at 25, it says, And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered, and he said, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbors as yourself. And he said to him, You have answered rightly. Do this, and you will live. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And I'm not going to read the whole Good Samaritan story. We're going to touch on a couple of things I think is important. But so I'm in a temper tantrum, y'all. I didn't get my way. I'm stomping my feet. I'm running around mad. And this is where... God takes me to Scripture because I'm just going to fall back and find out who it is I'm supposed to be loving anyway. But I run across this Scripture, and you know what's going on here is So the lawyer, he has this rebellious attitude going on, and, and he's pushing back on Jesus. The problem is, is I was doing the same thing. That's me. It's not so much about the Good Samaritan story. Of course, there are things in there we won't talk about. But I'm this. I'm the bad guy. I'm asking God the same question. I gotta own this, y'all. It's not a good place to be, and this is where I landed up. I'm the re- the lawyer with a rebellious heart that. And some virgin says it's, it's testing his master. I didn't get what I wanted, so I tested my master with my attitude. I got on it, but that's good. There's good news coming up. Let's see where we're at. So let's move on. We've identified that I'm a bad guy here, or I can relate to the so-called bad guy. But the good Samaritan story. You know, we all know it by heart. Not going to dig into it too, too hard here, but it read differently to me again because, you know, we got the priest going by Levi going by, and everybody talks about that good stuff. But what about the guy that got beat up? What about him? Because it never says anything about him being a good person. I don't think. It doesn't ever say that he gets better and he goes out and does good things. There, there weren't requirements on the good Samaritan helping the guy according to the guy making good decisions. Jesus never talked about that. Matter of fact, Jesus didn't leave any loose ends any he ever talked. Because this is my, my personal belief. I don't expect everybody to agree with me, but because I looked, I researched in parables, if you would. were they fiction or nonfiction? What was really going on? Well, my personal belief is Christ is, is the word of God and my personal belief is he can't say anything without it being being. If he spoke it and it hadn't existed, then the timeline would be rearranged till it did. That's the God I serve. That's who I'm hanging out with. I don't want anything less. So we're talking about his parable, but so this good Samaritan passed by, he gets all the glory, but we never look at at the injured guy. I mean, in my lifetime, and I I don't, this is not scripture, but in my lifetime, most guys get beat up by criminals because they're somewhat in the criminal world to begin with. That's how we live. That's how it goes. Not saying that's the case, but even the thief. Let's talk about the thief, the robber that put him down and hurt him, put him in that situation. There's a possibility, there's no way to know. There's a lot of presumption here, but Christ leaves the door open that the guy that beat him down could have been hanging on the cross beside him. He's a thief, they're both thieves. They're all, everybody's accounted for here. The good, the bad, the ugly. So you just don't know. But meanwhile, I'm throwing a temper tantrum. I'm being like the lawyer. And I'm starting to get my feelings hurt. Because the Holy Spirit's setting in on me. And he's letting me know how out of line I am. But I still don't quite get it. I still ain't. And still, just don't make sense completely. And it should. And, and the reason I'm frustrated with myself a little bit is because I'm just parakeeting in a new way what, what we've been spoken to here now for years. And so, as I'm throwing my temper tantrum, as I'm saying, Well, find the end God, who is it I'm supposed to help? And as he pulls me back to this story, Luke 10, and he tells me I'm the lawyer, and he's telling me I don't need to worry about who to help or not help, just whoever comes along my path, I'm also in my own personal pre-scheduled Bible study with myself, and I've been in Acts for a while, so all at the same time this is happening up in that little room up there, I'm landing in the last chapter of Acts, and God just kind of weaves it all together for me and finishes hurting my feelings. So let's go to Acts twenty-eight, twenty-four, thirty, And so, it, uh, 3, 6, I'm sorry. You're right, Mason. Um, just to be clear here, this is the last chapter of Acts. We're at the end of the road. Paul has been through everything he's going to go through. And anything that happens after this point we, is only a, something we don't know. But when Paul had gathered a bundle of twigs and laid them on the fire, a viper came out by, by reason of the heat and fastened onto his hand. The snake bit him. And when the barbarians saw, or native people, how barbarian paints kind of the wrong picture. They, they were more civilized, I think, than we give them credit for. But they were native. The barbarians saw the venomous creature hanging from his head, hand, excuse me, they said one to another, no doubt this man is a murderer, whom though whom though he has escaped from the sea, yet justice has not suffered to live. In other words, he ain't getting away with it. Howbeit he shook off the creature into the fire and into no harm, took no harm, but... They expected that he would have swollen or fallen down dead suddenly. But when they were long in expectations, it had been a while, and held nothing amiss, came to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a God. Well, I'm in the middle of my regular study after already getting beat up about questioning my master and what he tells me to do and once again i'm the bad guy in the story i'm the native i'm the barbarian because as soon as things didn't go my ways guys as soon as they didn't work out the way i thought they should i switched teams when it wasn't the way i thought it was i switched teams They thought Paul was a terrible man. He escaped the shipwreck. He lived through the sea, and and he must have been a bad guy because death caught up with him anyway. But as soon as the story turns around, they change teams. He's not a murderer. He's a guy, or so they think. That's lowercase g. Let's not be mistaken. But here at the end, the last of it all, let's go to to the last of it. And it's talking about Paul, it's wrapping up everything he does, and it said, And some believe the things which are spoken, and some disbelieve. And when they agreed not among themselves, they departed after that Paul had spoken one word. Well, spake the Holy Spirit through Isaiah the prophet unto your father, saying, Go unto these people, and say, By hearing you shall hear, and shall in no wise understand, and seeing he shall see, and shall in no wise perceive. For this people's heart is wax gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest haply they should perceive with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understanding with their heart, and should turn again, and I should heal them. That's what God is saying through Isaiah. Be it known therefore unto you that this salvation of God is sent unto the Gentiles. They will also hear. And that's a nice word also because it's not one or the other. He's saying the Jewish people, they're not cut off. They're, They're having issues over here. But also Gentiles and Jews will hear. And when he had said these words, the Jews departed, having much dispute amongst themselves. And he abode two whole years in his own hired dwelling, and received all that went unto him. Well, my goodness. What happened? Paul had been around his known part of the world a few times been in prison, he'd been beaten down, he'd almost been killed, he's been on trial for things that they can't really find him guilty of, I think his heartbreak was a little bit more than mine, but at the end of the day, he just keeps moving on. He just keeps going, all these people, we wrote all that, we read all that just to hear that most people didn't believe what he had to say. He went through all that work, and they didn't buy into it. And the last thing that we really know about Paul is that he just kept going on. He kept doing his work. So I'm saying to myself at this point, I missed something, obviously. I missed the grandeur of it all. I broke a universal rule, especially here at City of Refuge South i gotta own it this morning somewhere along the way i was doing the work and i was also expecting me to be in control of the results guys i was stepped out of line and it hurt and it was a good lesson but if you don't have to learn it i suggest you don't i found myself in a place Where I was taking control, my emotions were depending on whether or not I controlled the outcome. I sinned. That's my testimony. Don't do what I do. Go to work. Do what you've been doing, guys. We showed a picture of me and Mason at the beginning of all this. Talked about him and I and how you guys just did the work. The core body of City of Refuge just put their hands down, they went to work, and the results were God-driven. I stepped off that path, and it hurt. It hurt a lot. I don't have, like, a big epiphany for you guys this morning. I'm just giving my testimony. I'm back, though. I'm back to letting God do his job and me do mine. I feel much better now. But anyway, that, that's what I have for us this morning. Let God do God's results. Just get up and go to work. Just get up and go to work. Let's pray us out. Father, thank you for this time this morning, a short message. Uh, thank you for giving me the ability to reveal myself, my inner workings, who I am. Sometimes not so pretty to look at. Lord, if it can be possible that my stumble-up and my walk with you can prevent anybody else from from looking at things the wrong way and getting caught up in the same trap, please use it. Um, But otherwise than that, let us go out and be about your business. Keep us safe as we go on our way. Lord, bless the ministry of City of Refuge. Um, Numbers are never our issue here. Results are discipleship. Let us stick to our core beliefs, Lord. And if we do get sidetracked, as I did myself in a personal way, thank you for being so faithful to pull us back in and set us down and use your spirit to talk to us. What a wonderful privilege it is. And what a wonderful God that we serve. In the name of Christ we pray. Amen. Amen.